I was just mulling over the uh, second reading as, we, uh, as it was spoken here today. You know, it's almost like Paul's saying, the world, just do everything opposite of what the world does. You're going to be great with God. It's kind of what Jesus is all about in our Beatitudes here today. His master sermon probably gave it everywhere he went. Matthew probably heard it 50 to 100 times. And he got it down just right, I think, for God. Scholars are saying, we had this debate Wednesday night at our Bible study for men. What does blessed mean? Blessed are the poor. Scholars have kind of said it means happy. It's the happiness index for us as human beings. Happy are they who are poor in spirit. Doesn't sound like you want to be poor in spirit, but it's a spiritual thing. Doesn't sound great, but it's, what's the opposite of poor in spirit? It means that we're involved in ourself. We're selfish. So the opposite is poor in spirit. We cannot find God if we are selfish. It's hard. Happy are those who mourn. That's a spiritual thing too. It means sorrow. We're sorrowful for our sin. But what's the great thing about that? It's the first step in conversion. Are we open to forgiving others? Forgiving ourselves for that matter. Are we open for God's forgiveness? It's a large topic, but I want to focus on one word here today, and that's the happiness. Happiness is so fleeting sometimes. I saw a monk this week on YouTube, just gave a great um, 20 minute talk on what it was to be happy in this world. I've dealt with a lot of people in the last year who are not happiness. Their joy has been stolen. Who does that? Satan. The devil loves to steal our joy. But it's found in the Beatitudes again. Has your happiness been stolen from you? It's so pertinent to Jesus' sermon today. Your happiness is dependent on the Beatitudes. Are you or someone you know dead inside? I think most of us at some point feel like that because it's the common human experience. If you haven't felt dead inside or just down, you're going to one day, most likely, unless you're in touch with God in a big way. We mourn for our choices in life. We feel dead because of sin. Sin can ravage us. For instance, you cannot take the Lord's name in vain and expect to have a good relationship with God. It's just not going to happen. We always have to be asking forgiveness if we take the Lord's name in vain. That should make us mourn. And that's a good thing. Because mourn is the openness to conversion in our life. We don't want to do that. Things that have led us to sin cause pain in our life. We do feel that death inside of us. Jesus tells us to live in the world but not to be a part of it. People gone wild. We see it all over the place. It's not good for the soul, not good for us. We feel, wait, we're missing out, but we're not. Sin, we don't want any part of it. Our spirit may feel down and cast down in a world so sinful. Do we ever feel tired of 
everyone and everything. It's the news and everything on it that gives us such sadness that we see no way of going forward sometime. War and rumors of war, that's what Jesus said. Actually, it's not a bad sign for us if we're sick of war and we're sick of bad blood of politics because that's sin. See, at our confirmation, we became soldiers of Christ. Blessed are the persecuted. We're at war all the time. But blessed are the persecuted. Our reward is great in heaven. So when we're cold-hearted, maybe our brain feels like it's non-functioning. When our body is not serving us anymore, we can feel defeated. But then we have to ask ourselves, who are we following? We're following the one that died on the Christ, which was victory. And he died on the cross. It's already done. He's already won. So we have already won. We've won the battle. That should mean something to us. It should always mean something to us. Christ overcomes every darkness. This monk, he made a great line. We have to have a sacred stubbornness. A sacred stubbornness about us. To go on fighting when all seems lost. And sometimes it does. It seems lost, but we have victory. Do we know it? Do we feel it? Do we live it? Do we live a life of victory? Because we won our baptism. We won. We will always win if we follow Jesus. The monk said we need that sacred stubbornness. We cannot be defeated unless we let it happen to us. Our stubbornness in Christ makes us move forward. How many viruses lose because they're, 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 they're always at it. They always are finding new ways. We have to do it like a virus. I used to work in asphalting during summers in college. And I was always just kind of uh, amazed that weeds seem to grow through asphalt, grow through concrete. They're stubborn. They're absolutely stubborn, and we have to be the same way. This monk said, we have to be like weeds. We have to be like a virus. We follow Christ, who has victory. We have won the battle, but so often we are downcast, mostly because of our sin, and that's why we let our sin back to God. He can make great things out of it, learn from our mistakes, Taking the Lord's name cuts our soul. We have to get back to God. Apologizing. I often ask people if they have that problem, look up two words, the divine praises. The divine praises. That's the old ancient remedy for taking the Lord's name in vain. Blessed be God. Even if you hear it on TV, say blessed be God instead. Blessed be Jesus Christ. Such great things we have in our faith to help us combat, to help us win, because we are soldiers. We have to understand ourselves as soldiers. The Beatitudes, 
Help us understand ourselves as winners. And Jesus says kind of the opposite sometimes. Hey, if you're persecuted, thank God. Thank God, that's our victory. Things are gonna be great for us in heaven. We're at war, and we are at war with the devil. We are at war with people who hate Christianity. But we have won. We have won the victory. And if they persecute us, thank you, Jesus. I always love the words of James and John in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. After they are beaten by the Pharisees for spreading the name of Jesus, what did they do when they came out of their beating? They said, thank you, Lord, for making me worthy to take that beating for you. They had it right. They, find, they understood. They understood what a great thing God has given us. You know you're doing things right if you get persecuted in this world for the sake of the gospel. It's a beautiful thing. I also want to plug our Knights of Columbus here today men's organization they're having their yearly membership drive this weekend and I have been a knight myself since 2004 knights raise money to give it away to help they help me through the seminary they help vocations they put their faith and this is the important part they put their faith into action the knights have given great gifts to Seton School playground equipment they give food to the food banks, sponsor free throw contests, poster contests, fish fries, fundraisers for those with intellectual disabilities. They support Camp Evergreen. They sponsor youth athletic teams. They're involved in the pro-life movement, of course. Anchor of Hope, buying a sonogram machines for them. Pregnancy support collections. They're involved in the Special Olympics. This is just a small thing, a sampling of what they do and what a knight is and what a knight does. This great men's group helps you live out your faith, what it means to be the soldier of Christ, what it lives to mean, means to live the Beatitudes. And it will benefit your walk with Christ. So t please take time to speak with the knights in the back. Learn about it. Join. Or let the seed be planted and join next year. Always a great time. You can't go wrong doing the will of God, and that's what they do.